Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. I'm Elliot Danker. It's time now for Why It Matters. Now, towards the tail end of last year, you'll remember how China made sudden adjustments to its zero COVID policies. It's all we talk about these days is China reopens and we gain access or the 1.4 billion uh, people there also gain access to the rest of the world's economy. Following that, we did see some spike in infections. And as a result of that, we've had a slew of reports on manpower crunch, especially in factories, plants and ports. And with the Chinese New Year holidays coming up, it's expected that manpower woes would be furthered with many Chinese workers returning home more freely without restrictions, unlike the last two years. This then begs the question, how would businesses in Singapore and Malaysia, which depend on supplies from China, be affected? In fact, the pressures on the supply chain from China to Singapore and Malaysia is already reflected in delays and, of course, cancellations of orders. But that really might not be the end of it. So we'll find out more about the impact on the logistics sector here in Singapore with Dean Jones, Managing Director, Asia and Chair of Asia Advisory Board, TMX. Good morning, Dean. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Thanks a lot for giving us your insight this morning as we talk about the supply chain sector. Tell us a little bit about the current situation with regard to supply chain here in Singapore. Yeah, so obviously with China having a lockdown to come out and so on, that's um, started to really bring some extra decisions for supply chain managers in Singapore to, to the fore. So as we see the opening up happening, we're seeing movement of a lot of people in China around for Chinese New Year. So we are expecting more delays and those delays continue for, for some weeks as the population starts to uh, open up and move around. There's been a lot of conversation around digitalization and tech, which were supposed to help at some level with regard to supply chain issues. Then, of course, we had the Russia-Ukraine conflict. What are some of the gaps this sector is seeing now? What can be done to fill those gaps? Yeah, so, so technology is an absolute key to leverage supply chain and to, to really see the flow of information come through to make decisions earlier. So uh, we're seeing a lot of businesses take uh, technology up um, to make sure that we can get that information flow through to make those decisions. So really proactive decisions are the key to uh, to these types of issues. And I think that isn't really just to do with the in, uh, issues such as this. You know, the, the world's gone through so many different uh, problems over the last year or so, as you just mentioned. So supply chain are forever fragile. So we're looking at uh, the Chinese New Year opening up and uh, the movement of people through to all different uh, aspects of supply chain disruption. I think it's critical that uh, business businesses are uh, taking up that technology to make those decisions earlier. Um, absolutely. Mm. And there's a lot of talk about Chinese New Year, but really it, the wider narrative is uh, China's reopening. How is it going to be different now? I mean, you look at the 1.4 billion people who have saved and are probably hungry to spend. Uh, is there going to be enough supply to meet the demand? Supply will definitely be under a lot of pressure. And and you're right, there is a lot of uh, negative talking about, um, but there's also this positive side. So if I look at the positive parts from a supply chain point of view, demand is down at the moment, which is really helping the Chinese manufacturers to come back online. Yes, there will be a shortage of people in the short term, but that's really short. Uh, and the freedom of movement as well for the people in China will help for, um, for those factories to come back online. So we usually see shipping prices go up and uh, in this period, they're very, very, very stable. So that and also um, the expectation of an oversupply of ocean or, or containers into next year uh, is expected to really help. So, yeah, I think there is a lot of positive news out 
out there and a lot of people that will be able to spend that money which they haven't been able to. So the domestic market in China is obviously a significant market. So a lot of good news to come, hopefully. Mm. Dean, it might be a bit too late to ask for this particular piece of advice, but for businesses, I mean, as you're starting to realize the potential difference in supply chain issues going into Chinese New Year, what can they expect? How can they prepare themselves for this? So it's really always evolving uh, at the moment in real time. So you're right in saying it's a little bit too late to, to put any major changes in, but there should be expected a couple of weeks of delay. So anything that can happen to, to assist that business in continuing to, to operate while we see those delays, any of those movements would be advised. And you know, undertaking really increased reactive measures, such as things like tightening quality control, factories opening up and having a shortage of labour, it would be advisable for that. And then open communication with the suppliers. So no, I think we're, we're definitely right past the time where major major changes in the supply chain can, uh, can do any effect for this, for this year. Mm. Um, but open communication with suppliers would be key at this point. Mm. Uh, putting on educator hat, right? Uh, if I were in school right now, a lecturer, and we're talking about supply chain, we're talking about shipping, for example, what are some of the key learnings that should go into this textbook, key learnings that uh, supply chain leaders of the future can tap into? Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's a shift towards new focus on um, strengthening uh, the reliability of supply chain. And that really comes down to a couple of measures. I think there's diversification of supply chain partners. So looking at the partners, working through adjusting time, um, instead of adjusting time, adjusting case strategies. So adjusting those strategies as we go through to make sure that we're looking after our customers and so on. And also the diversification from a geography point of view. So I've been a lot of conversation around the movement out of manufacturing out of China. China will remain uh, the, the factory of the world for some time. However, an over uh, having one point of, of failure in any supply chain is not ideal. So I think looking at those supply chains and, and understanding how we can have multiple areas of manufacturing and so on would be absolutely critical and, and learning from the last couple of years for sure. Mm. Moving into a more imaginative side, I mean, we talked earlier about technology and how that's really helped. Of course, uh, more technology is always better. What's the conversation around things like blockchain and how that could help, you know, not just supply chain disruptions, but also cases of fraud, criminal activity? Yeah, absolutely. Blockchain, things like blockchain, AI, always front and centre of the industry to, to try and improve what we're doing. They're, they're a long discussion, though, you know, so I think there's a lot of discussions on how we make that the norm into the business. Definitely there's parts of our supply chain that are starting to implement or have implemented these types of technologies and will continue to. But seeing it as being a real norm is some time away. So I think it's, uh, there's, there's, a, there's an interesting uh, pathway to get there, that's for sure. And data being the key of that. Yeah. So I think there's still a lot of conversation around how we can gather and, you know, read and make that data usable and so on. Yeah, it's interesting you say it's still some way to become a norm and that obviously is somehow tied into an availability of talent. Talent in technology in the supply chain industry, what does that picture look like right now? It's really improving and I'm seeing especially around Southeast Asia, they're picking up great talent all throughout the, all throughout Southeast Asia. So I would say absolutely improving places like Vietnam, absolutely Malaysia, so on. Singapore obviously always been quite talented there. So, you know, I think there's a continued increase and a continued focus on that talent. But that, again, evolving throughout the industry. Uh, so we'll take some time to really see the benefits of that come through. <laughs> uh, Dean, just to wrap things up, what do you see the future of supply chain for 2023? What can we expect this uh, coming year? 
Well, if, if the last few years have taught us anything, there will be disruption. Uh, and disruption is kind of the normal, as we see. Hopefully not as much. And we see some really good signs from a supply chain point of view in getting a little bit more predictive as the world kind of uh, moves into the next norm. However, disruption will be and always will be part of what we are, what we do. So kind of linking that back to data, trying to get data quicker and, uh, and trying to make those decisions earlier and, and be more predictive, I think, will be at the forefront of all supply chain managers this year. Yeah. Does that, you know, echo the call for governments to expand and be even more proactive with regards to this situation? I mean, governments have intervened because of the Russia-Ukraine conflict. There have been taxes on, you know, things like food and energy companies and whatnot. Should governments play a larger role? I think there's always room for governments to take a larger role and you know and at the same time that's really up to the private sector to be mm. to be lobbying governments to take those next steps so we, we see different uh, activities throughout southeast asia but it's always we're looking for real step change in any industry uh, really take holding hands effectively with, um, uh, with government to to to, uh, to make that meaningful change so welcome all of the uh focus on uh, on supply chain from a government point of view that's for sure particularly around sharing information and how that information flows cross-border. Mm, you bring up a good point, sharing information and then making sure that information go across borders. On line with me, Dean Jones, Managing Director, Asia and Chair of Asia Advisory Board for TMX. Dean, I appreciate your time this morning. Take care. Have a great day ahead. Thank you very much and happy to meet you today, everyone. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.